Hey everybody, welcome to Darisha's podcast, Elite Mastery. I created this um, series of podcasts because I felt that um, there's lots of information out there to inspire and motivate individuals like myself and people that I work with uh, throughout the year and all the speeches and talks that I do. So throughout the month and throughout the year, I'll be interviewing people who are experts in their fields and I consider them as masters. Enjoy the show. Dear friends, dear gladiators, uh, welcome back to another edition of Elite Mastery. Uh, today I'm very, very excited because I have uh, a guest here that I have extremely high um, respect for and somebody that um, has touched my life a lot and um, I love him very much. So today I'd like to invite uh, Sam Byatt to our podcast and he's, this gentleman is an extremely successful businessman. He's an extremely successful lawyer and super, super intelligent. And, I, and I'm not just saying this. You, you blow me away uh, when we chat, and I always learn something from you. So if you pay attention over the next hour, you're going to learn, learn a lot from this gentleman. Sam, welcome. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. It's uh, good to have a face-to-face -face with you. Thank you. Not long ago, um, maybe about 10 kilos ago, you and I met. Yes. yes? Uh, I think we've gained a kilo a year. And um, you gave me, you, I don't know if you know, but you were one of my first customers. And it was so important to me because I had no track record in Dubai uh, to prove myself to somebody of, of your high caliber and your brand that I could deliver. What did you see in me at the time for you to hire me? Because I had no credibility, I had nothing. Do you, do you, do you yes, remember, remember us meeting? I remember, that was like what, 14 years 10 ago? Years ago? 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Only no. 10 just then uh, well you know it's uh, when, when someone sees you at the first time I think is the energy you give you know uh, is your positivism and and the way you look at things um, what I liked about you in our first meeting I remember we used to be in a Canadian consulate building on I the fifth floor yes, yes. Um, you know we had that meeting in a conference room is you, you seemed extremely positive and my business, my life has always been around uh, being positive and showing a, a better future for most of my clients. Uh, working pro predominantly in immigration, so you always want to help people to improve their lives, move, move on, continue. And um, you know, I thought that if you come in and you talk to our to my staff, you can teach them how to be a better person. And by being a better person, then they can serve my clients better. And and I think you had a positive uh, impact on us then. I actually really enjoyed my um, whilst I was working there. But I don't learn much from my clients. But I can honestly tell you, I learned a number of things from you. Oh, thank you. One of them was, I'd like to share with you, maybe I didn't say at yeah. the time. I remember we had this billionaire client coming. And you asked him if he was coming with his driver. And I said, Sam, why would you ask that question? Because you said, because if I say that, he automatically thinks all your clients come with drivers. Yes. Yes. And if he ha didn't have a driver, he was going to feel a bit belittled. And I was like, whoa, they're, 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 are you listening to this today? So, I learned so much. So you said, by the, the way you were questioning the prospect coming in, you were setting the scene that he was already looking up at you. Yes. Was, yeah. That he felt like, oh, I don't have a driver. Oh shit, you know. Oh my God, I'm not. Maybe I'm not good enough. And I thought, wow, wow. 
So I've never forgotten that. And sometimes, I'm not going to pay you for this, but sometimes in training I mention it. Yes. Okay. That's so nice. thank you for that. It, it honestly changed, it had a massive impact on my sales and the thinking process of getting the client to scarcity. The client wanted to come and see you, not just think you're free, you go all the time in the world to see it, and you deal with the highest level clients. But, you know, coming back to you, to your attributes, you know, beside being positive also, you tend to bring the best of people in them, you know, by making them believe in themselves. And, and I, what I realized in those, uh, those, those time, that time that you worked with us, um, the general feeling in the office was better, the atmosphere. You know, uh, so that's important because when the staff feel good in the office, they work better. Yes. And when they work better, they, they, they perform their duties better. And that's where you get better client satisfaction. And in a law firm, this is important because we have to deal on one side with clients. And in our case, we have high net worth individuals as our clients doing mostly business immigration. Yes. So they're demanding. Yes. And we work on the other hand with governments. And some governments are not easy. So you really have to outperform yourself to satisfy these two sides. Yes, I recall. Yeah. And the second thing I learned from you is that you didn't ex accept low standards. I loved it. I loved it. No matter how many people every day chipped away at your standards, you w got in there and you shaped them. And I thought, wow. And honestly, Sam, hand on heart, I haven't met any people since, hardly anyone like you. Because you set your standards out there, and no matter how many people try to chip away, steal from you, lie to you, take away from you, yeah, you still said, this is my standard, this is Sam Byatt's standard. And I thought, wow, my hat off to you, respect. Well, I like that too, because many of my former staff are now competitors, mm -hmm. and, and I like that, you know, to see that you have shown people how to make a living after they work with you, and the fact that they come every year and uh, are grateful. And that's rewarding and I'm really happy for them. Right, right. Do you know how tough it was when I was coming to your office? I, my, I, I was, my diet was two coffees and a sugar donut a day wow. at that time. Amazing, but I, it was so hard coming to your office and building myself up to show I was happy was deep down inside I was miserable. Well, you've done great. Thank because you. today I look at your followers, I follow your, uh, you. your podcast Thank and your you. programs, especially in LinkedIn. And I really enjoy, and actually I'm forcing now on my new staff. I know, to, amazing. They have to listen to you, and we have a morning meeting every day at 8.15, and uh, I will go and tell them, did you watch that? No. I'm going to ask wow. you questions. Amazing. Amazing. And anybody who has a wrong answer or didn't understood your, your topic, they got, they got problems. Wow, we're honored. Thank you yes. so much. Really touched, really, really touched. Yes. And, uh, so time kind of passed and eight, nine years go by. Now we're doing business together again and again. I'm super freaking excited. Yes. I'm super freaking excited. Now, for the audience who don't know you, Sam, so I just want to say that, you know, you're an extremely honorable man and uh, extremely intelligent. I just really can't emphasize that enough. So it's a pleasure having you here. Um, where, where do you, were you you're Iranian born? Yes. You, uh, but you went to Canada? Well, uh, my father's from Azerbaijan. My mom's uh, Iranian. I was born in Iran, and uh, early 70s, my father, when he took his retirement, he decided to move to Canada. Before so, the Iranian Revolution? Oh, yeah, yeah, many years before. So I, we went to Canada. I did my primary, my secondary, my college and university degrees in Canada. 
And uh, in 1991, I met a client, a friend today, and he said, why don't you open a law firm in Dubai? And my response was like, where is Dubai? Where is Emirates? May I ask, do you have siblings? Yes. Were they all in Canada? Uh, well, my brother is two years younger. He's a dentist in Canada, so he moved with me. And my parents, uh, we had a, they had a daughter, my sister, in, born in Canada. So we are three in our family. So when you decide to leave in 99, your parents were alive, they're with us? Of course, yeah, they're still alive. They're oh, still alive. thank God. Yeah, they're still alive. So you decided to leave everything? Well, no, it took about a year of planning. Okay. So in 91, Tough I was decision. told about, about Dubai. Yes. So in 92, I came here between Christmas and New Year's just to see where is this mythical Dubai. Um, interesting place. I got many job offers to stay. Uh, I went back and I came in uh, March 93. So I started looking for my license and everything. We applied in the summer, of end of the summer 93 for my license. I went to Sheikh Mohammed's office. They referred me to his uh, law, a lawyer, Mr. You Hamdi. You could just walk into his office uh, those days. It was a little easier. I went, I was referred to his lawyer, Mr. Hamdi Abdul Majid, at the court, the ruler's courts. He liked me and we had many discussions and meetings and he agreed to give me, a, to ask them to the economic department to issue a license. So I have a letter from him uh, instructing the Dubai economic department to issue a law firm license, which took about three, four months of uh, juggling between the Divan and the economic department. And in December 93, I got my license. Wow. And then uh, you started, that was the first time you had your own practice? Uh, no, I was practicing in Montreal. You had your yes. own practice in But Montreal. when I came here, I had three partners. I had two senior lawyers, uh, uh, two great lawyers, Jean-Francois Bertrand, who is one of the top uh, immigration lawyers in um, Quebec, with, under the Quebec system, and a fantastic uh, lawyer in Toronto, Mr. Ismail Iqbal Jevji. Uh, he was originally... Uh, Gujarati, but from East Africa, he migrated to Canada. So they were supporting me and one of my classmates, Dennis Aker, who's still in Dubai. So it was the four of us. We worked a couple of years together, but then, you know, then everybody decided to go on their own. Sure. sure. But it was a fantastic time. You speak French, obviously, now? Well, I was educated in French. Yes. Uh, English, I learned it, uh, came by itself. Canada. You live in Canada. And your Farsi is perfect. My Farsi is good. Uh, it was not excellent, but living in Dubai, serving the Iranian community here, hmm. well, I had to uh, perfect it. My you father, can read and write perfectly, yeah? I can read and write. Well, of course, I can read and write, but it's not the Farsi of an educated lawyer, you know, so the, the poems and everything, I'm not very good at that. Yeah. Um, of course, Turkish, because my father speaks Azari, yes. and living here, of course, a little Urdu, a little Hindi, a little Arabic came also. You know, you can speak... Uh, I can speak, uh, I could manage to have a conversation with someone. But I told I, them you were smart. Yeah. And it was funny that we were talking last time we went for a meal and you said, oh, it takes three months to learn a language. I'm like, for you, <laughs> it's like, if I, if I get my teeth, you said it, you said, if I could get my tooth into something, I mean, it'll take me three months to learn a new language. I was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm like, take me three decades. No. Yeah. You is we can do anything we want if we simply apply ourselves to it. Anything is possible. Sam, um, why did you start your own business? What do you, do you want? Is it money-oriented? What, um, what was the challenge? Uh, coming here, seeing no Canadian law firm, uh, that was challenging. Uh, 
of course, coming to a new place, that was good. It's also a business opportunity. Because when I came here, I realized... It wasn't so sexy those days, was it, Dubai? Um, no, it was Just not. It stopped dearer and that was it, right? And well, um, when I came, the Canadian consulate opened in the same time. They opened in August and I started my office Bear in Dubai, the same building. Where we met. Yes, and I started my office in the same building in September. Yeah. So uh, that was the limit of the town. That was Bergerman. Bergerman was just being yes. built. So beyond Bergerman, there was not much. It was a Dubai Trade Center, a couple of apartment buildings, and Sheikh Zayed Road. Sheikh Zayed Road was a two-lane with a lot of palm trees in the middle, and that's it. Yes. But you still saw opportunity. Because I came those days, and I was like, what is this desert place? But you saw opportunity, right? Well, I saw opportunity, but I also saw, uh, saw their leadership. You know, the, the leadership in Dubai has always been uh, fantastic. And uh, I thought that under this leadership, this country is going to grow. And I was right. Absolutely. And what did you specialize in those days? Well, we came to Dubai with my partners. Our idea was to do immigration <coughs> to Canada, which at that time was the primary route where everyone was going. Yes. Much more than US and Australia and New Zealand. Yes. And we also had the idea of doing corporate law. Um, we thought that by having Canadian lawyers in Dubai, that would be a magnet to attract Canadian businesses, and we did. Um, it was also interesting because the Canadian consulate was being opened in the same time, and they had a commercial department in there. So uh, we were working very Close closely them. with them. Wow. Uh, and then you, you stopped that? Now you just... Uh, well, you know, after a couple of years, uh, around, I would say, late 90s, early 2000, Canadian immigration became more difficult. So I started to specializing on other countries, started to get in touch with UK, British lawyers, American lawyers, Australian lawyers. So we started to use this office more as a place where people could come and could find a proper service, yes. uh, you know, to, to help them to yes. migrate. Yes. Uh, and after that, slowly, migration became more difficult, more time consuming. So we went into the business immigration, which is mostly second citizenship, the Caribbean. I represent now all the uh, Caribbean countries having a citizenship program. I represent uh, a couple of countries in Europe, uh, Cyprus, Malta, uh, recently Macedonia. They have a program, uh, and also Montenegro. So it, it's, it's changed. The business has changed. I think um, what people here want is more, is is to apply into programs that they can get the rewards quicker. Like these programs, under a year, you have your citizenship and passports, and you don't actually need to invest any time, and that's good. May I, may I ask you to kind of simplify it for the audience? Before I met you, I thought second citizenship was for crooks. <laughs> and I realized that it's not. No, it's absolutely not. Because not. automatically, I, I have, I'm lucky enough to have a British passport, I can travel anywhere I would like. Yes. But then I have my beautiful staff here, and they need visas and permits, and just because they're born in this country or that country, it doesn't allow them to travel. And then you realize how restricted some decent human beings are. Uh, so why would somebody, uh, give me a range, Le legitimate, legal, right, why do people want citizenships? Why? Okay, yeah. well, there, there are several categories of people. I mean, okay. we see a lot in the Gulf here, in the, uh, in the GCC countries, a lot of people that are without nationality, 
They're called the Bedouins. Um, nobody wants to recognize them as their citizens. So therefore, a few hundred thousand. There is about four hundred thousand uh, in the UAE, in, in the GCC. Okay. So and and they don't have a nashday. They don't have a passport. In the old days, they used to be given travel documents, and that was good. But now people people don't have travel documents, so they don't have that citizenship. These people can they travel between, like, let's say, Saudi Arabia and UAE? No, they can't. They, they're no, stuck no, in no. Saudi. They're stuck, stuck in UAE. Or yes, they're stuck in Kuwait. So those are some of the people that I helped initially. And for example, in Dominica, yes, these people they can't have a business, right? They can't have they trade together with cash, but they can't have a bank account if they uh, don't have. Yeah, but mostly because in these in, in in our countries here we have the sponsor system therefore um, someone will own the business and they're they have agreements so with the proxy will own the business but they're they're working they are giving national IDs like a driver's license kids can go to school but at the end they don't have a passport and residency visa so that that's the first category and, and I for example did a lot of effort with the Commonwealth of Dominica and the Prime Minister agreed to let these people apply so they can apply as long as they can show who they are we got a lot of uh, Bedouins, their their second citizenship. These Bedouins are rich people, successful people. Uh, some of them they're are minorities who trade together. I guess they stick. No, 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 no. You you will have very famous uh, Emiratis here. Well, they're not Emirati, but they're they're public figure, and they don't have yeah, a passport. That's incredible. Uh, so it's not, uh, and they're and they're well known, but they don't have a passport, and they can't get it no. from their governments. Well. The question is, who's their government? Nobody Incredible. claiming them. Okay. Silly question, but around the world, there must be large groups of people similar, right? Yes, so there are. There are many groups, and um, especially in in the East, in Africa, a lot of people would, a lot of governments will simply deny recognizing someone as being their citizen. So there's the Bedouins, this one category. Then, of course, there are people who want to live actually perfectly legal. Like in some people migrate to Western countries, but they lie about the fact that they've lived there and they apply to get the citizenship. But a lot of people don't want to lie. So they simply say, I want to have another passport, but I don't want to go somewhere and lie and cheat, say I was there, but in reality I wasn't there, and I don't want to take a chance. So they simply go and buy themselves a citizenship, which is actually better than their original citizenship for example the caribbean countries allow you will allow an individual to travel without a visa to uk to schengen air zone to east uh, to east europe to where's schengen? where's schengen schengen is a composition in europe of 28 countries when where if you enter that zone then you can circulate so if france gives you the visa then from france you can go spain, to germany italy, spain so italy yes. greece you know uh sweden the Scandinavian countries. Yes. So once you have some of these passports, Vanuatu, you, you feel like someone within that region. Um, and then passport procedure to get it is quite simple in terms of the process. It's quite rigorous because you have to submit a lot of documents. Yes. But everything starts in our office and everything ends in our office when the client comes and collects his citizenship and passport. You know, and they don't have to migrate. They don't have to separate no. the family. Because most people, I remember in 1990, I went to live in Australia, and I applied, and um, I changed my mind and came back before my application yeah. was processed. But um, it, it seemed I was lost, queuing offices, filling documents. I was 24, 
But um, it would have been a massive help if I had somebody like you. Well, someone mm -hmm. like you is not the typical uh -huh. client because you have your British passport. Okay. But should have you been uh, someone from this region, in Indian, Pakistani, Iranian, Iraqi, someone from this area, yes, and successful, to migrate is very difficult. You really need a definitive plan. You need to think ahead of time. What are you going to do there? But if you are successful, if you're living comfortably here with all the service that we have around us, uh, the comfort, the security that is provided here, uh, the certain category of people don't want to move. Yes. They feel comfortable. But they like to have a plan B, C. Options. Well, that's the second passports. Um, today, especially now after the Kadiv 19, I would say second citizenship are good, but they need to be complemented by a residency as well. Because we saw that with the pandemic, all the countries closed, Locked. and they will only allow Their citizens residence or allowed. residents. Mm -hmm. So now I'm advocating to a lot of my clients that, hey, in order to prevent the next pandemic or the second wave, would be nice to have a residency in Europe. So with as little as 250,000 euro, you can buy yourself a residency of Greece, and then you become a resident of Schengen zone. A lot of these investments uh, you can get back or it's gone? No, all of it you can get back because it's investment. Because you want, when you buy a property in Greece or in Spain or in Portugal, it's your home. Do you have to guarantee that you keep it for several years? Yes, as long as you keep it, you keep the residency. In the case of Portugal, after five years, you can sell it and you keep the visa. But in Spain and Greece, you need to, to, have, a to have it permanently. You okay. know, so uh, that's the. But these are passive programs. You don't need to actively engage to maintain. Mm -hmm. It's your money doing the job. Wow. I remember it was the same with Canada. Now, I thought you have to have qualifications, you have to be a doctor, or you have to be this. That doesn't really matter anymore. Oh, you know, it does. We still have the segment of our intake in Canada, which is for skilled workers. Those are people like you, uh, educated, uh, they have uh, complete mastery of English and or French. They're educated, they have good experience, person of good character. Yes, that's open for those people, which is called the skilled stream. But then there's also the business uh, category, people that might not have the right age, right education, but they have experience and money, they can go as an investor, they can go in a new uh, category. Because you're create employment. Create employment, uh, innovate, innovative ideas of business. That's the startup visa, which is yes. becoming very fashionable, even in UK. Yes, incredible. So, so who do you pitch if you have a, uh, idea for a business well who do you pitch do you, we come to you and then uh, yes we can help you to prepare the business plan right now UK has an excellent uh, startup visa uh, Canada has one Sweden um, Holland uh, Netherlands and they invest I believe they give you funds some, some they, them, no? uh, you don't actually for the innovative ideas the startup visas you don't need money you just need to have an idea and your business plan and they will help you they will help you. Actually, uh, in UK, this is, uh, I think, the fastest program is UK. Within a month, they analyze your idea. Um, they'll tell you, yes, this is good, it's innovative. And then within the next month, you get your visa, go to UK. That's it, done. Two months, you move your family to UK. And, and that's family, a so it's not by yourself. No, the no, whole no. In all these programs, it's about a family unit. The 
the, the principal applicant, his spouse, his children. Now, hmm. the definition of uh, children varies in different programs. Yes. Different programs will consider children up to 30 years old, uh, which is not bad. Actually, Granada has a, quite an innovative approach. Uh, the applicant can put his spouse, his children under 30, all his siblings or any of his siblings if they're unmarried, and his parents, and the parents of his spouse. So, so 12 you, of you could move. Uh, yeah, that, this is great. This is great. This is a fantastic program. When we were doing business together 10 years ago, the market wasn't as saturated oh, no. as it is now. For somebody like me, I get bombarded all of the time. How do I choose who's the best people to deal with? Well, the, it's, it's funny because these days with all these social media uh, apps and instruments, uh, it's funny, everybody's an expert, you know, and um, everybody will qualify themselves as the, the best and the only one. Um, but I think people used to use their common sense. First of all, my recommendation is whenever you go to anywhere, even to our office, see if they try to understand your needs. Make sure they're not selling you. Make sure they first try to understand you, your needs. Then see if they're gonna educate you as to what you should buy because- Should that consultation be free of charge or that people should pay? No more? Well, in our case it's free because that, that's our marketing. Okay. We market ourselves by- So they should be looking at free consultations. Yes, so it says pay for this, always, then is always, warning signs. Is always, yes. Okay. Uh, so two, they should educate you because you, you're a consumer who hasn't been able, who's never bought these products. Possibly confused. So you're gonna get confused. Residency by investment, citizenship, which citizenship, which residency program, or simply migrate. So we educate you and then we try to make you understand the difficulties because my motto in the office is necessary precautionary measures. Always plan ahead. You know, as they say, hope for the best, plan for the worst. So that's the first step with us, making sure we know your needs, make sure you know our industry, our products, and make sure we show you the difficulties. It is only after that that we will come with you or we decide together with a client or with a prospect at that stage to see what would be the best course of action for them based on the family size, the age of the children, the, the, the involvement of the parents in the business here, employment. For example, if you're a VP of a bank earn, earning 120,000 a year, I'm sorry, a month in Dubai, Durham's, why would you migrate to Canada and go there and, and taxes risk again. not having a job? Mm -hmm. And if you do, being Start taxed, at 35-40%, you know? So would such a person migrate? No, no. But if that person comes from a country that their passport doesn't allow them to travel freely, maybe if it's an Iranian, for example, to have a second citizenship or even a third one that would allow you to travel easily would be nice. Can you have three, four, five passports? Uh, well, I've done eight passports for the same person. It's legally possible, right? Of course, there's no, there's no limits. And actually, the old expression of dual citizenship, I think that's passe. Today, multiple citizenship. So is it, uh, I have two passports, Iranian and, and yes. British. But is I'm pretty sure you don't use your Iranian. Ever. ever I think no. it's expired. Yes. So one of my fears is, is that if I go, I haven't been to Iran for like 15 years. When I go to Iran, I need a 
Iranian passport. Yes. So if I go to Iran, use my Iranian passport and come back, and I go to the US with my British passport, they always say, have you been to the US? And like, have you been to Iran? And I get palpitations, like I was just committed some crime, yes? And I always say no. Is there any way they can find out that I possibly went to Iran on my British, on my Iranian, Iranian passport, passport, which I haven't. Uh, I'm telling the truth. Yes, there is possibilities. So yeah. they can they can see if they got into Iran Air. Uh, well, yes, it depends when, uh, how your trip to US was uh, set up. For example, if you, uh, they can see where did you board your original flight. And don't forget, whenever flights uh, depart, the manifest is being sent to your destination. You know, so there's always uh, the origin uh, of the, the origin can mm. come up. Of course, if you go today, you know, maybe six months before I went there using my Iranian passport. Well, first of all, the the, the principle is never to lie, okay. never to lie. And today, with the event of social media, the last case I was involved was interesting. Is they can they can go look into your social media. So if you put a photo of you in Facebook somewhere in Tehran, they'll find out. And the case I was involved with was about this, uh, a, a certain nationality. They went to Canada, they got their citizenship, they lied for, because they were in Dubai during that time, during that three years required period. And when they went to renew their passports, they the did. officer here renewing their passport decided to check their Facebook and realized that during the period they mentioned they were in Canada as per the citizenship requirement, all their uh, social media, what photos, the timeline was in Dubai. So that was a red flag as to uh, these guys are lying. And they, their citizenship was revoked. Permanently. That's it, not permanently, definitely. You'll no. They'll never be able to apply again once it's They rejected. can apply again to be a resident, they need to move, they need to, uh, yeah. they need to stay, for no reason. I don't know, no, no. So social media is an excellent medium, but has to be used intelligently. What's the best passport in the world? Um, according to Art and Capital, uh, it's Singapore. Uh, but that's not really important because how can you get it? Uh, for me, it would be uh, Malta because you can get it. You can buy it. So you can't get Singaporean... Uh, you can, but you need to go there, live there, migrate, invest several million, and then they want you to revoke your original citizenship. Oh, really? Too. But Malta allows you to keep your origin, origin and other mm -hmm. citizenship. Plus, uh, it's, 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 it's as good as any other citizenship. You know, the fact that you can travel to maybe a couple of countries less than Singapore, well, that's really not an issue. Yeah, sure. But the only uh, problem when you apply for second citizenship, everybody says it's for crooks, which is not true. Because most countries, uh, this is not very public, if you commit a crime within the first years, for example, Malta is the first seven years, if you commit a crime that is passable of one year or more jail time, they revoke your citizenship. Hmm. So when they say all these bad guys are getting these things, mm -hmm. impossible. Well, there are, but if these people are accused after they got their citizenship, their citizenship can be revoked. I was, I couldn't believe that, maybe I'm jumping from something, there's two million Americans in jail. 
course, there's two million Americans in jail. Five percent of the U.S. more than five percent of the U.S. population is in jail. The amount of money the Americans spend on incarcerating people—it's the second biggest, billions. I think, second bi biggest business in America is. Uh, and a lot of the prisons. prisons are private. Exactly. It's a good business to be in. It is, isn't yeah. it? So, do you think the police could be commissioned over there to actually arrest people? Possibly, Maybe, right? Yeah. Incentivize, because I know they all have, in the UK they have incentives. The police, yeah. So you have like you have to stop twenty people this week from speeding. Oh, okay, so they have you a quota to, to fill. They have to quota to fill, yeah. and I know in some US states you have to quota to fill. Yeah. That's why all the problems, because some police just stop people for a second and they book him for anything. I think I guess these are unwritten rules. There's not yeah, it's abuse uh, of power, I guess, yeah. isn't it? You forget how lucky we are where we are. No, no, no. Yeah. I think. Uh, especially during this uh, pandemic time. Being in Dubai, uh, my family always calls me, they're my parents, but, and then I'm telling them I'm really glad to be here because yeah. the way this was handled here, yes. uh, I think the, the biggest problems for this pandemic was democracy. We just need good, could make a decision. good father, yes. good leader to take care of us. And here, we had that. And uh, I think the biggest problem is not democracy in some countries where people are saying we have the right not to wear the mask here they don't give a choice no. by law you have to wear the mask that's it so end of the story so sure now they have problems in america and look at us um also what i liked about business that you had offices all over the world and you never when i see you you never ruffled wow. right and i know that recently if you don't want me sharing that you're looking after your beautiful four children thank you and still you're not ruffled i'm like how the hell does he do it how do you do it how, how do you run all your businesses and uh, I know you had a very successful office in Georgia, Tbilisi. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, so you close your business in Dubai? No, no, that's doing really well. How do you run it all? Does, do, you, do you have teams that you trust? How does it work? Because um, it still has the same magic, right? Yes, so. it's, it's simple, discipline. You need to be disciplined. And as you mentioned, you have to have an eye for details. If you have an eye for details and you discipline, everything is going to be good. So my biggest problem in the office is everyone says, well, you're unique because you do things the way no one can. Which I tell them, no guys, anybody can do it. You just have to be committed and you just have to be, you just have to want. If you want, you can. If you cannot, it's because you don't want. So the question is the wanting. I noticed that um, the way you handle, I wasn't in the office, but when I met you in the office in Tbilisi, they weren't up to your standards, but you were running that team and, but you weren't stressing about it, right? And then at the same time, the Dubai team was going on and the, the other offices were going on. Yeah, the Istanbul, so, yeah, Istanbul, yeah, the Montreal, yeah. Jordan. How did you balance it all? Well, first of all, you weren't I, traveling all the time back and forth. Well, when I have to travel, uh, I like but to you, travel. Not daily though. No, daily not. But uh, I think first is, as I said, discipline. B is if you have to travel between these countries, you have to know how to travel. Like for example, uh, when people travel on the flights, um, they never travel with the sunlight. Like if I have to go take a flight from Dubai to Canada, I'll go with the sunlight. Um, so therefore, if I have to take a flight, uh, British Airways at nine o'clock in the morning, um, and I arrived in London midday, I don't sleep. Then when I'm in London, I don't rest. And then when I take my next flight, three, four hours later to Montreal, arriving at 8 p.m., I don't sleep. 
But when I arrive at 8 p.m. in Montreal, I go to bed. Because it's so nine o'clock tomorrow morning, yeah. you're at work. And you're up, you had your time. Same thing wow. when, you, when you come back. So you control yourself, yeah, you, you discipline. You have to control the sunlight. If uh, many times you travel with people, it's the day. You come to, the, especially when you come to Dubai from Europe, you always arrive in Dubai at late night, midnight, 11 Correct. p.m. And then you see the people in the flight, they're all sleeping. Yes. You know, they're all resting. Because when they get home, And then they when they sleep. come to Dubai, when they arrive home at 1 a.m., well, they, just, they have their six, seven hours of sleep. They're not tired. So they don't sleep at night. Therefore, they, they have difficulty sleeping. The next morning at six, seven, when they wake up, uh, now that's when they get tired. Yeah, and now they're going to be sleepy all day. Mm. No, no. So A, know how to travel. B, keep the discipline. B, try to be perfectionist. And then, most important, always put the client first. Daily livelihoods. So clients are number one for me. And when you hired staff and you had office managers and things, you just have to accept that they're never going to be as good as you. It's just something you have. Otherwise, it's just going to kill you. It's, about a, it's, it's, it's a constant disappointment, but it's okay. But when you see them improving, uh, for example, one of my uh, staff that I was working for me, she's been working for me for nearly 12 years. She was an, a young girl when she started, know, fresh, fresh out of high school. And now today, she's a, she's a kick-ass. She is good. She travels around the world, she goes see clients in their offices, wow. and she gives them proper advice. And this is life advice, you know, and she's committed when she tells someone, no, 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 you should not migrate. Instead of that, you should uh, buy a Turkish passport or do this or that. Yeah. She's committed. And, and now she has her own followers, you know, people really love to talk with her. And that's what I like. And so when you see that, it's encouraging. Is she ever going to be like a Sam Bayad? I wish. Why not? You know, it would be nice to have multiples of me. Uh, but in the meantime, as these, you see them growing, taking on more responsibilities, it's rewarding. Amazing, amazing. So you're always looking for a superstar? Always, always. Always, always looking, recruiting. Always, always recruiting, recruit. always looking for expansion, always, look, always making sure I can change one extra person's mind and taking the best legal services maybe choosing the, the right program yes. because the problem with my industry is that there's a lot of good companies but there's a lot of companies they don't care about what the applicant needs or requires they want they they to do what boxes to fill and yes. then just put them in there like for example a lot of companies they have sales people they have targets we don't have targets mm -hmm. I don't care about targets you don't I care about customers. the quality of the clients yeah. Making sure we give them what they want, what they need. And the sales come. And the sales, of course, comes. Because yeah. I've seen it. The good times, bad times, the sales keep coming. One of the things I noticed that um, some of the things, I'm going to cut two things. One is that so often you're dealing with high net worth individuals. Mm. And maybe your staff aren't high net worth individuals. Do they have to be chameleons? Do they have to understand the when they're dealing with that billionaire, do they have to understand what the pain factors of that billionaire are? Or do you just say, no, I'll take care of the billionaire? No, 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 no. It's, we, uh, we, we, we treat every client the same way. And it's not because someone is in a billionaire category, they should get an extra service, or someone who's an ordinary millionaire, or someone who is just 
high net worth or just someone who is an ordinary person, middle class. Uh, everybody gets the same service. Uh, my staff, uh, are my lawyers and legal consultants, they don't see very often the person's net worth. It is only after the client is signed and after we work on his case, they will realize, oh wow, this guy is so wealthy. Yes. No, uh, there should be no difference. Yes. Now, in regard to the pain these people have, the difficulties they have, of course we understand. Uh, I did one of the top 20 uh, richest Arab uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, he had the same problems as anybody else. Uh, he told me that on an average four months a year, his passport was stuck in different embassies for visas. You know, so he has, so he goes through the like same... He goes through the same motions as someone else, applying for visas and waiting for visas, um, bad decisions, com uh, can't commit appealing. to meetings, can't commit to exhibitions because he doesn't know if of it's going to be. Yeah. No, no, no. For sure, that adds to stress levels, right? Definitely. For sure, if you're a businessman and your movement is impediment on your nationality and the difficulty with visa you must have an alternative citizenship mm -hmm. as a business tool to be able to yes. commit on the spot. So if yes. somebody calls you from Paris, hey, I need to see you. Well, sure, let me see if I can find a ticket. Not say, sorry, can you send me an invitation letter? Um, can you tell me what is the hotel's best close begging. to your office? Yeah. Start begging. No, it's just a matter of, sorry, I can't come, there's no ticket. Yes. Or I, would, I couldn't find a mm -hmm. ticket for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I, there was a ticket to, in two days. So as a business tool, these second passports are very important. And something uh, Mariam was telling me in my office recently, says, Sam, people need these second citizenships for their online profile. Because it's true. Because, you know, we create uh, online profiles for ourselves, especially for banking, you know. Um, so therefore, it really matters what's your nationality, uh, in these forms. Unfortunately, but Unfortunately, it does matter, yes. It does matter. That leads me to online and the last, last four months of uh, coronavirus. Yes. Your business has boomed. Yes, we did very well. I mean, uh, when this happened, I immediately asked all my staff, okay guys, we're gonna have a hard time, it's gonna be closure, we can't work, but uh, luckily, alhamdulillah, we have done very well. Um, to my friends and the country. reason for that is the people's uh, we'll they work. like their freedom they they uh, well, been I taken away primarily is my staff because they were extremely committed so they didn't take this time as off time vacation time playing video games at home uh, B uh, we had the infrastructure to go through such a uh, period uh, we have an, a very good software helping us with our CRM customer yes. relationship management um, everything we had was web-enabled. Uh, web so the industry hasn't uh, had a boom. You just had a boom. Uh, no, I don't think the industry has a boom because oh, I'm really? in touch with... I thought uh, maybe the whole psychology of the industry mm -hmm. and suddenly people are thinking, I need to be free, I need to move. I don't want this lockdown to no, you know, stop no, me no, from no. traveling. I'm, I'm, I'm in touch with many of uh, um, program managers and, and the numbers are down. Wow. The numbers are down. Uh, Interesting. We actually face it uh, influx of numbers uh, applications okay. uh, um, and I don't think our clients are different we have a uh, clients from different nationalities so mm -hmm. it's not just 
one nationality felt that they need to apply tomorrow. Yes. Uh, no, I think it's basically uh, we're lucky. Of course, well, you create your own luck. You right? create your luck. That's what mm. I was going to say. Yeah. Um, things have been working out very well, and I don't want to say I'm lucky, but I guess there's a good star yes. above yes. my head. I think you create your own luck. Yeah. And you have your right values. That's really, really important. And your and the reputation precedes you. Yes. People know that you're you have the right. You're not going to screw anyone. You're going to run. You're there. You establish. You're honest. You deliver on time. And you communicate clearly. Yes. And that's what uh, and that's where you get referrals. Now, your opinion, because you you're the only guest I've had who knows about movements of people. So I keep I've studied the kind of movements of human race. Uh, and it's often been through weather or water or food and wars. Where do you see the movement of people? Because um, there's been wars recently in the Middle East yeah. and there's been a huge movement into Europe and, and now people are saying go back and you're not welcome. But there's always been movements of people, right? Well, the movements of people have uh, been there through eternal times. You know, the migration. I mean, you know, uh, there was an issue recently about the, the fact that Europeans were saying Christmas Columbus. Christopher Columbus was the first uh, European, and in then they America. discovered that no, the uh, the Scandinavians, the Vikings were there. have been there the hundreds Vikings, of years before, and yes. before that, people from Far East went. Did to you know they found tobacco in the stomach of pharaohs, and tobacco can only be grown in the U.S. No, no, they're definitely yes. Amazing, four thousand yeah. B.C. They found tobacco in the wow. stomach of pharaohs. Amazing, okay. right? So sorry, I okay. stopped you. So. My, uh, the way I see the future uh, is the fact that I see basically two zones. I see hotspot zones and cool zones. Um, I think Canada is going to be part of the cool zone or the only cool zone in the cool world. Cool is good. Cool meaning is nice, is good oh, to be there. And I, th and I see that the rest of the world will have their issues um, following could we, we could see uh, social unrest um, I think the race problems are going to be accentuated Europe America we are seeing it and I think the only place in the world where these things exist but to a very very minute is Canada um, of course that has to do I don't think with our leadership it has to do with the people of Canada um, but I would say, if I had to impute this on a leader, I would say Pierre Elio Trudeau, the father. Yes. Um, he implemented multiculturalism in wow. Canada. Wow. And he basically uh, taught us that we can form a new society by incorporating the our best cultures. Of others, yes. yes, let's take the best of everything mm. and make it our own. And that's what Canada is about. Uh, and I can see that. I just have my family there parents, brothers, sisters, cousins, uncles, aunts. And when I compare it to other countries, US or the European continent, or even England, um, the immigrants have not been allowed to emancipate themselves, you know, to be themselves, or to uh, incorporate part of their DNA in their culture. And I think that's why we have these issues. I mean, look at the terrorism events in Europe in a couple of years, past years, it was not by foreign 
actors was by local actors, people who were born there. Why these people will feel so enraged yeah. towards where they were born is because the society has difficulty accepting them. We won't see that in Canada. We had some very minute incidents in Canada, and, and I think that's going to be a trend in the future. So in my industry, I think migration to Canada is going to become a very hot topic. And if the government of Canada was able to seize this moment, they can take the best of the best, bring them to Canada to create even a better society. It's really interesting you made that point because obviously I've got family and they talk about Brett exits or whatever yeah. it's called. They're ignorant. People think that most uh, immigrants uh, milk the country. They think that most immigrants don't pay taxes. They think that they use the resources of the country. And that's not true, is it? Most immigrants contribute to of society. And immigrants. And you know what pisses me off? Those people who voted to get out of Europe have the heart surgeon is Indian. The doctor is Pakistani. Yeah, and they're talking about Indians and Pakistanis that they just milk the car. So your doctor, the guy who saved your life is an Indian. How can you say that? They don't see it. Uh, I think the biggest problem is, is our education in the West that has not been able to educate proper math to, to the ordinary people. Mm -hmm. Because if there are rights, there are a group of immigrants abuse that, needs, that they, they need support because they come in and they, did not, they were not selected to come in. They're refugees and we help them. So yes, they need social assistance, they need medical, they need uh, job assistance, but then that's a minority. The big majority are people that are selected and they're selected based on their ability. And these people apply to come for a better life. And they, they work harder. Exactly, they don't they come there to, to, to withdraw social assistance. Yes. They're, they're coming there to be rich, to be a millionaire, to be successful. They come there to make sure that children are becoming educated. They don't want to go live on uh, welfare. They don't want to live on the welfare states. Some do, but that's not the majority. The majority that's extremely contribute. minority. And they're employing. Yes. And they're paying their taxes. Agree. Agree. And also, I find that most immigrants do jobs that the locals don't want to do. And they do two jobs, by the way. They work, harder, they work harder and they do tasks that nobody is below, below others. Because I think that the people in that country are too comfortable. Definitely immigration, is, it is a hot topic yes. and it's an election topic almost everywhere. Because I think, especially the West or actually any country, um, they, they try to see immigrants as an easy scapegoat to justify their failures, yes. you know. It's easy to blame others, it's isn't it? Especially the minority. Definitely. Breaks my heart. Breaks That's my why heart. I see Canada as a cool zone, because we do have uh, an issue with immigration, Yes. but it's not uh, at a level that would create tremendous discrimination between people. It's yeah. not, we don't well, want Canada is a rich country. Have you had any dealings with Africa? Africa is the richest country continent on the planet. Yeah, we have clients from Africa. Mm -hmm. We have clients from Africa. Mm -hmm. Are there any prosperous countries in Africa? Where do you see the future of Africa? Uh, well, at the moment, I think uh, Nigeria must be a, is an uh, interesting place uh, for people to uh, obtain residency, citizenship, or migrate. 
um, South Africa has been a good extraction point and of course Egypt uh, with their mishaps over there I'm pretty sure there's a lot of talented Egyptians uh, or rich Egyptians that would like to live uh, somewhere else yes yes I was um watching a program on the Crusades. Are you familiar yeah, with the Crusades? Yes, yes. And it was incredible how the Crusades worked. And um, the reason they were successful is because the region was disjointed. The, the Muslims weren't together. Yeah. And I think it's really, really important as humans go that we've got to get that connection again. I think united, we're very, very strong. And I think it's too easy to be divided. And, uh, yeah, but, but I think from that context, in our region, GCC and the greater mm -hmm. Middle East, yes, it's, it's a question of having a, a leadership. You know, and unfortunately, our leadership uh, is currently uh, divided. You know, unfortunately. Too many chiefs. Who wants to be chief? You know, and, and we could be a very powerful region in the world. We could be massive influences of what happens around the world. Um, so I think, what, what I mean, can we talk about it, Iran? Rich sure. country, do you have hope for the future? Well, when the um, the agreement was signed between the P plus one uh, for the nuclear deal, yes, we had hope. Uh, everyone had high hopes that um, Iran would join the ranks of the G20. Yes, um, but unfortunately, uh, the the American foreign policy didn't allow that to happen. The Europeans were very adamant. Uh, of Iran joining uh, its rightful place, you yes. know, among the uh, top twenty nations, countries in the world. You know. yes. But of course, uh, they didn't allow banking uh, to to go ahead as it was supposed to be. And today, nearly after what four years, it's a failure, uh, and the hardship that is felt in Iran, uh, particularly among the the population. Yes. Uh, I don't think the elite, uh, like anywhere in the Suffer. world, is suffering. You know, they always manage to find a way, uh, but the ordinary citizens are tremendously crushed by all these sanctions and uh, uh, rules that are imposed on them. We remember, we're old enough to remember the good times where we could travel anywhere around the yeah. world and we had so much money. Do you remember the, uh, the rates, the Iranian yeah, seven tomans? Real, seven real to a dollar. dollar. And uh, today, today is 20,000, wow. which is 200,000 real. No, 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 uh, this is the rate a couple of days ago. I remember when I was young, uh, we went, we used to go traveling. And uh, once we went to UK, I think it was like uh, uh, very early 70s or late 60s. And uh, in London, I remember on every store, they had welcoming Farsi. Yes. You know, and uh, if you would, run out of dollars or pounds using your reals and they used to exchange it for you i clearly remember uh, in europe my father asking us kids should we go to czechoslovakia or should we go to italy it was that easy yes we didn't need to plan for visas yes. but of course it's not just iran i think the world has changed as well uh, traveling in the old days was easier because you can at least go see the ambassador the consul show who you are but now it's changing i mean canada is introducing new artificial intelligence to allocate visitor visa <laughs> so an officer will not allocate your visa is ai 
So okay. AI is going to take a greater role in determining who you are. And that's why I tell my fr uh, most of my clients and friends, pay attention to your digital print. Presence. Okay, uh, because your presence is very important. Mm -hmm. Because soon, uh, it's not going to be human. Um, and they can go 10 years by 5,000 photographs, 10,000 posts. Course. It's AI. Yeah. It's not a human being clicking away no, and looking no, no, no. at your comments. Or look at softwares uh, you, you can you can easily put your name and see all the articles that were written about you all over the world within yes. 10 seconds yes you know um, no it's you're an optimist right be a business owner you have to be an optimist but at the same time you're a lawyer you have to be a realist as well okay then. Yeah, right you have to so be. you're always looking at the best of things at the same time you're covering yourself for the worst things, oh right? yeah, yeah. I, my primary job in office is to foresee the unknown okay my staff will prepare work the blind side yeah. they look at it they fill out forms and they, they prepare all the affidavits and whatever needs to be done I don't like that part that's easy I like to look at the dark side what if if you plan that love that don't they that, because, that's the whole trick yeah they, they, they have worries Anyone can fill up the forms. Mm -hmm. Anyone can photocopy your documents and put them, join them to your application. Only, only a smart man can see how these amalgam of answers and documents will translate on the other side to an officer evaluating your case. And you got 30 years experience on top of that. The, nice. the issue is necessary precautionary measures. Are you as motivated as they want? Are you oh, as yes. driven as they want? More. Because with, with age, you understand things better. With, with experience, you see things better. 20 years ago, 25 years ago, I used to see someone, I used to see the outside. Now, I don't need to see the outside. I clearly see the inside. So it's far easier to judge people, you know? So it's more fun. If you get a file, you look at one file and you look at you can see 20 different files with the same characteristics and they had different outcomes. So now you know what's gonna happen. I don't know, I think experience and age are fantastic. Physically, you lose a little, yes. I cannot Just run my, smarter. I can't run my 10K in 31 minutes anymore, yes. but definitely uh, uh, looking at work, it's much better. What drives you now? My kids. My kids professionally what drives you uh, professionally well professionally my kids because yeah, you, you uh, i'm working hard for them you know because uh, i did you know i got four kids to look after but no i, I still like the challenge i still like the challenge i so like difficult you know, cases again unbelievable uh, that's something i admire yet again that you're running all these businesses and you're looking after your kids do you spend time with them doing the homework and do you have time for all that uh, still? Yes. I'll give you an example. Last summer, the entire month of uh, July, August, I was with my kids nonstop. Other times I went you think, with them I can't to stand this noise anymore. No, no, no. It was fun. We, we went to Turkey, then we went to London, Canada. I even brought them with me to Grenada on an official visit. They met the PM, uh, uh, they had fun. And then we came back to Dubai, and we had two months together. Uh, all the weekends are with the kids, that's for sure. And normally I try to be home by four. 
because my kids they have to go to bed at 8 8 30 that's religiously so you spend quality observed. time with them oh yeah, yeah i have to be with them of course sometimes it's difficult because some clients want to meet me later yes. but in the past year that uh, they're with me all the time uh, i'm always with them after four. i respect you man because i work hard but maybe after a couple of hours with the kids i'm like jesus give me some space but you get it 24 7. Oh yeah, yeah. Twenty four seven, and he did it with a smile on your face. Well, I'm a father, mother, right? so you have and to be. Yeah, you got double the job. Yes. Proud of you, man. Thank you. My respect goes to you, Thank really, you. really. So um, we're gonna have a chat five years down the line. Okay. How do you see? Where is your legal services? Buyer legal services gonna be in five years down the line? Sound buyer five years ahead. Five years ahead. I would like to be able to at least help one or two governments to write their write or change or modify their citizenship or immigration laws in order to make it better for them to make sure better applicants are processed and are take i like to make sure uh, i'm helping more people i'm not saying necessarily having more clients uh, but i like to have a voice in helping people to understand what they should be looking for um, I like to make sure I take away as much possible clients from bad actors in my industry and channel them towards the good guys, not me, yes. others. Yes. Uh, because too many people are bad. Yes, but you see, in business, you can maybe give a bad advice to someone and they lose their money, part, some. That's okay. You make money, you lose money. but. In my industry, when someone's case is not successful, life. you break their hearts. Mm. How does a father go look at his wife and children say, our case was refused. We were planning to migrate, we were planning to travel, we're doing this and that. And then I choose the wrong consultants. I choose the wrong business investment or immigration investment product. There's no way. I put myself in their position. Mm. Why would I say to my kids that kids, we are migrating to another country and then two years down the line say, sorry, dad was duped, was, uh, you know, I choose the wrong person and we're not going, we're back to square one. You know, the money I lost and bad deals I've had, I've made it up. Yes. But broken my kids' hearts, that's something I can never make up. Wow. And that's where people need to pay proper attention, choosing the right people to assist them. And that's where we don't. And that's where I want to make a difference, making sure people choose the right people. Not necessarily me, but choose the right people. Amazing. And I think that's basically what you like too. You're helping people, Absolutely. not because of your own success. You're helping people because by becoming more successful, they can help better others. others. Exactly, exactly. I say to my staff, just because at that moment the client has a little bit of cash and they're gonna give it to you, doesn't mean they're doing you a favor. No. Because if you deliver what you say, they're going to get that 10 times back. So you're doing them a favor, they just don't know it yet. So because you're constantly delivering value and um, I honor you. Thank you. Thank you. I honor you too. Thank you so much. I look forward to a really fruitful, short-term, medium-term, long-term future together and five years from now every day we're going to speak but <laughs> probably in about six months we'll get you back here again if okay. that's okay because the world's going to change in six months oh definitely. as we know six so months we're going to be past november 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We should see what... No uh, social distancing, no yeah. masks, momentum's going to come back oh, in again. Oh, I don't think we should be that optimistic. Before we discover a vaccine and make we sure it's produced, still, I no. think we have another year of this, uh, of this mishmash, yes. you know. Yes. Do you add just one final question? Sure. When you're advertising your services, is this something that governments frown upon it or no, they're okay with it? Well, certain governments don't like uh, this advertisement that my industry is using because uh, some of it is misleading. Um, some governments are taking a hard approach. I mean, Grenada, two weeks ago, we had a government meeting and they agreed uh, and they want us, uh, and we agreed that from now on our advertisement must be approved by them, which is good. I like it. I like the fact the that standards. they're going to put a standard approved by the government. Mm-hmm. It used to be like this in Dubai as well. Yes. I remember uh, 20 years ago, yes. whenever we wanted to advertise in Gulf News, we had to send our advertisement to the Canadian consulate. Yes. They need. They had to approve it. Then we sent it to the Ministry of Information would allow Gulf News or, or Kalish Time to put our advertisement. But today, you pay anyone, they will say anything you want. Yes. So that's a sad part. That's a sad part. Mm-hmm. So yes, some governments are not happy about the fact that anyone could say anything, especially the social media, yes. where you have no control. Yes. Um, if somebody wants to contact you, yes, and they're feeling like they uh, uh, don't have enough money, I don't have this, what kind of range of, what is the starting point that you could help them out or uh, to... What's the maximum? Well, it's that's the first thing. How much going to cost there, you? There, there's no, there's no minimum or maximum. Okay. Uh, first of all, uh, the lowest fee I've charged someone uh, was a uh, graphic artist at Gulf News. I'm charging fifty dollars. I felt he cannot pay more. Um, but the range, uh, there's no range. It depends on the person. As far as programs, uh, you can go to Canada as a babysitter, uh, Maine. Uh, you know, domestic uh, uh, assistant, uh, or you can go as a CEO. So, uh, so the possibilities, the possibilities are yeah. enormous. Incredible, incredible. So it's open to anyone, yes. almost. Yes. yes. Just co- connect with you. Yes. How do they connect with you, Sam? How do they get in touch with you? How do they reach out to you? So please, we are also going to put at the end of this all oh, your okay. details. But if you could uh, share it with but us, but I as would well. love people to call the office landline which is uh, in Dubai, 04 um, I prefer the landline because in case I, I or someone cannot answer them, they take the message, we, uh, we, we ask him some details. The human connection. And then there's a proper person calling to, to leave a message on the mobile. I don't like that. Actually, I don't like mobiles. It's too impersonal. Yes. I like to go back to the good old fashioned where people used to call you in your office. Yeah. Talk to your receptionist, talk to your secretary, yes, yes. you know, that was the best. Cool, cool. And we'll put, if you don't mind, your website details so they sure, can please. refer to it as well. Yes. So it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you, sir.